words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! The Falcons are going to the yeah. Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hi-ya! We're karate chopping our way back onto the podcast scene. That's right. About to karate size your ass. We are back, and everybody, and I guess I should say we are Believe in Atlanta Sports. I am Robert Taylor, your host. This is my co-pilot, my PIC, all those things in between that you've heard me say before, the Commissioner Mark Rich, and everybody has been wondering where we have we been. What have you been doing? And the answer is trying to do a podcast, uh, but grown-up life just gets in the way. Mark, it seems uh, there's been times where I've had to work late or, or whatever going on, and there's other times where Mark has texted me, and he's like, I'm not escaping the restaurant. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I had a couple of mild surgeries that I had to lay low for like four or five days, so no podcasting then, and Start a new job, and I'm telling you, it really it it hasn't been lack of desire to Not get, at all. get on the microphone and make one happen. It's just timing and scheduling, and, and another thing that happened is we we got to change our intro. I just was talking about this uh, because we are no longer at the Mesmerized Studios in Woodstock, Georgia. They sold that location, uh, and I think I've probably mentioned it on here before. But so they had the smaller office where they were doing a lot of everything that was Mesmerized Media was there, but. Jared worked here, and it was called GDI, Granite Digital Imaging, uh, when he first came to Georgia. He's worked here before, but they bought the company from the guy, and they have this gigantic, and it's a movie studio. It's pretty much, you could film a sitcom out there. They have a soundstage. They have a, a set shop. They have, I think it might be, it could be 100 seats, maybe maybe less, but a theater in here. If you guys can uh, see where we're our life goals are. Yeah. They're so, in this building. uh, all the stuff did get packed up and it was put away for a little bit and they made the move over here. And now we are in a gigantic, uh, this is Jared's old office. We're in, uh, we have our own bathroom. There's a fridge over here that I can reach. Couch. Um, yeah, there's a couch. I mean, it's, it's great. It's a great new setup and, and we're only doing audio because again, uh, we always, we, we get momentum and something kind of just, it's like, you know, the kid that, Put the stick in your uh, bike when you were a kid and, and crashed your you. Spokes. Yeah, it, it seems like that's what happens. But there's a an amazing camera right in front of us, like a bad ass rig uh, that we're going to be able to use, and two more. And I, I think the cameras are even like wireless and voice activated. So if you start talking, they switch, and it's all kind of crazy stuff. But we definitely, because we are older and not very well, I'm in IT, but I'm still not very tech savvy because I'm I'm brand new and I'm learning. But we got to book time with Tim and Jerry to learn how to do all this stuff. And, and 
I'm telling you, just keep riding with us because we're not giving up. No, we're we going to be live one day. We're going to be uh, in a groove, and it's going to happen because we just love doing this. Because again, I'm going to remind you, and I'm a, I know Mark's chomping at the bit too, man. We, uh, I saw him yesterday because I celebrated a birthday, and I don't want to uh, get too personal because that's kind of one of my big things about Atlanta Sports Radio is all they did is talk about themselves. But I also want you to get to know us, so you'll realize that we're not bad guys. We just have a real, really big problem with. Atlanta sports fans a lot of them there's a lot of great ones because we think we're pretty great sports fans but some of you are just fucking ridiculous that's all that's the only thing I know how to say and I'm not saying it's not in other fan bases but maybe it's just because it's in my face all the time but I feel like we're one of the worst one of the absolute worst it's a it's definitely a, a struggle and all this time being away from it and not having an outlet to talk about it and I, I mean, it's it's all of our all of our fan bases. It's it's kind of weird. I mean, we're coming off of back to back national championships with the University of Georgia, and everything that happens, it seems that like there's it's one tragedy after another. Bear Alexander entering the transfer portal, and now you have people talking about how we're we're falling apart from the inside out. Are, are you kidding me? Um, we're we're. We're looking at at a Braves team where where people are just we lead. We're we're the in first place in the National League, and because of a series against the Padres, where we tossed out a couple of pitchers who nobody really knows their names because we had the injury bug bite us. Um, uh, now Snickers got to go, right? Like, uh, what? Are, yeah, it's it's so early for all these things, but everybody likes to jump off a cliff really early, and as soon as they get some information, they like to take it to one polar end or the other. And yep. our podcast is a way for us to exercise those demons. And call out some of you drama queens, because that's what you are. And going on social media or talking amongst your friends or going anywhere and saying some of the shit you guys say, it doesn't make you sound smart. It doesn't make you um, a, a great uh, watcher of, of the teams, a fan or anything. You look and sound like a fucking idiot. And you're an attention an idiot. whore. And you don't really watch the game. And I'll give you a, a fine example. Marcelo Zuna. Now, everybody's kind of at, reached the end of their rope with him. And deservedly so, I would think, because he had some some troubles. He had a DUI that it was, you know, kind of mud on his face. He had the thing about, you know, the, the spousal abuse or the argument. And she was hitting him. And, you know, he was hitting her. And, man, he, and he hasn't performed well. And I personally do, and I and I can say this, and it, this is not stupid to say. This is actually because I watch the game and I talk about it with people. I do think, yes, it is time for Marcelo Zuna to go. He needs a fresh start somewhere. But what's when you know, he just we can't move him. He's untradeable almost because he hasn't played well. But the thing is, is is you guys out there think this is like T ball. And the shitty kid just sits on the bench and he gets to play his three outs and that's it. That's not how you get people out of funks and get people to play better. In Major League Baseball, if you have a player that is struggling, you get him ABs. You put him in the field. You try to get him out there so maybe he breaks out of it. Now, the hope is that he breaks out of it and he increases his value and we can move him because I still think he's, what, 32, 33 at the oldest Plenty of gas left in the tank. I still think he's a great player. I think he just – it didn't work out for him here in Atlanta. Well, it was just a, a, man, comedy of errors after he got here. And talking about how he 
how he dedicated himself to training and everything in that shortened season, the COVID season, uh, he, it, it was different. He'll, it, I, I listened to somebody talk about, I can't even remember now, but they were talking about how that will never, ever be duplicated. He won't ever duplicate that. So many things have ha- happened in his life and in baseball since then that it's just not, it doesn't It doesn't appear that he's interested in going back to that guy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, maybe and, not. And, and the way he's performing now, it, it appears that maybe that they're correct. But, yeah, I mean, I... I 100% agree with you. Like you have to, you have to give people an opportunity, especially in Major League Baseball, to to get out of their their funk. And I always go back to Austin Riley. We could have quit on him when when they figured him out early on in his career. But no, you you keep plugging away. You keep you keep with him, and now now he's Austin Riley. Yeah, you know what I mean. But Marcelo Zuna maybe uh, a little different little different scenario for him and at this point what is he three for 42 or something yeah like it's not good but you know that's the thing is is like these these fans would run a team into the ground like literally you don't look at Marcelo Zuna and go you suck sit down now you you can't have him be your everyday starter and he's not but if, if we're gonna try to move him or anything the hope is you get him in the lineup and sees live pitching and let him play and maybe he snaps out of it maybe he gets hot but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, he's he, – and, again, it's April. It's early. He's he's historically a slow starter anyway, as typically the Braves, but not this year. They're 12-4. and four. To your point, too, the, we were talking about this yesterday. The, I mean, the same the people have the exact same energy towards Marcelo Zuna, who is uh, like 3 for 40. It, and they, they were also killing Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy just went on a tear. Like, you haven't even given – you didn't give the man – 10 games it's like booing a Matt Olson last year because he's not Freddie Freeman like what what why what what are you thinking yeah. like what is the problem like do you is it easier when it's when it's terrible do you prefer terrible is it is it a better place for you to be to where you can bitch about everything rather than like letting things unfold I, I we probably sound like a damn broken record when it comes to that shit but the baseball season is so long that you're you're already telling me that Sean Murphy was a bad deal for us, and yeah. his contract is ridiculous. We, within the same tone, you're telling me about Marcelo Zuna's contract. They're not the same thing at all. And the Sean Murphy thing actually solves our Ozuna problem at DH when Darno's not hurt. Yeah. Man. Hey, man, Darno was tearing the cover off the that's ball. That's what I'm talking about. But here's the thing, that, and, and we've been away for a while, so that's why I wanted to bring it up about, uh, you know, I love Atlanta. I love our fans. I love our town. I love our team. But, yeah, I have a big problem with a lot of you because it, it, it's like you don't even watch. And and, and if, if your job, it, I guess, is if, if you're just doing it to get a rise out of people, it's working. I'll give it to you. It's working. It does. I, does, I do get a rise out of it. But I just want to, you know, to, God, to just stop. Like, if, if you're so angry, why do you watch? If you're so upset with how things are going, why do you watch? But also, too, it's like I, I don't. I, I always used they. I, I used to say we, but I'm like, you know, what? I'm not on the team, so I don't do that anymore. But it, it's like, why, who are you to question Brian Snicker and Alex Anthopoulos when all they've do, done is win? And right now, everybody complained about who the fuck is this guy? Who's that fucking guy? What are we doing? What are we doing except winning? Without Michael Harris, winning without Max Freed, the Orlando Arcia thing, 
He was he was swinging the bat better than Dansby was until he got a micro fracture. Yep. You know, this team, and I told you, it is too early, but this could be a team, and I've always said April baseball doesn't matter, but it couldn't matter right now for all these guys that are coming in and playing and have the Braves the, being the best team in the National League right now. 12-4, and four, I know it's early. But we could be seeing a, one of the best Braves teams ever because do, we're doing this without our star power. And these guys, when I was going back to my point of why we could maybe say this year that April baseball might matter a little bit, is these guys getting the reps in right now and the work and the swings. Well, when you say April baseball doesn't matter, you don't actually mean it doesn't matter. What you're saying is that it, it doesn't. it's not going to dictate the entire season, yeah. whether good or bad. If it's good in April, though, that could have a huge impact for the rest of the year. But if it's bad in April, it doesn't mean it's over. No, definitely not. I mean, look at the Mets. The Mets start out like a house of fire almost every year. They haven't this year because they're old and they spent money on the wrong people. But <laughs> now, now that's just an opinion I have, but I think it's going to play itself out. And I don't, I don't, I think the Reds are one of those, I mean, the Reds, the Mets are one of those teams, kind of like the Yankees, where they don't think about who they're putting under the same roof and in the clubhouse together. Because you can, you can spend all the money in the world, but if you don't have chemistry, if you don't have a, a vibe, then. It ain't going to work, and it oftentimes it doesn't. I, uh, baseball is, is very much, I think, a sport. It has worked. I mean, the Marlins did it and had a fire sale twice and loaded up on talent, but generally speaking, I don't think baseball is a sport where you throw money at the problem and it goes away. And, you know, so I, it's it, it's just numbing to me, mind-numbing to me how people want to fire Brian Snicker or they say he's not a good manager, and I'm like... You know we're number one in the power rankings right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, I... But it's so crazy to me that you don't process information anymore. People don't process any Mm -hmm. information. Like, uh, let's talk about the Hawks for a second. Just one second. The Hawks play incredible basketball to to beat the Heat. They went in and they Mm -hmm. did they did to the Heat what everybody thought the Heat were going to do to us. They they out toughed them, you know. And then Mm -hmm. they go to Boston immediately after that game. Everybody's like, "Oh man, if we can get one, we can get one in Boston. It's going to be you know." That'd be great. Well, like we can, if we play like this, we can go toe to toe with them. Great. I don't know that we're going to win that series. I don't think we're going to win that series. But we went in the first game and they beat us handily. It did not look like the same basketball team. But yeah. now, now all of a sudden we're right back. Like we went from one game where you can see what we are capable of doing to another game on the road in Boston. Very tough environment to play in. Um, and they and they are the number two team, probably the best team, but they're ranked number two in the East. Um, and, and now all of a sudden we are just trash. We are just trash again. And I don't, I can't understand like why you wouldn't watch the series to yeah. see how it goes before. Like it, it, it's not a one game thing. I, but everybody makes a decision after every single game. And that's what happens. The the Braves could have just a complete meltdown. What is it? Freed's Freed's, Freed's first game back tonight mm-hmm. against damn San Diego. And if he doesn't strike out twenty seven batters and have a perfect game, uh, you know he's then not. He's awful. We've lost him for the year. He's just yeah. not going to be the same guy. But that's what I mean. Like it's it's every individual in every single performance. It's not like body of work or anything like that. You got to let it. You got to let things build. It's not everything isn't based off of one game. You can get an idea of things from one game, but like you, you shouldn't shouldn't take that for gospel truth for what it's going to be for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And we see that all too often. It's so hard to get to sift through the bullshit to get to like the real people talking about the sports 
And like if you if you could just focus on maybe the positive stuff that's happening rather than always the negative stuff, man, maybe you, those conversations would just sound a little bit better like your actual fans rather than like just ready a for whiny, everything to fall apart. A whiny, sensitive bitch that's in their feels all the time. All the Fucking time. Fucking cut it out, man. Like stop. And think about, and I've said this, I'm not saying it's the right way. I'm just saying I think I have a very good way of, of appreciating and looking at sports. And I think of it as if I play or I manage. Like, that's how you can have an intelligent conversation with me. You can't just stand there and go, well, Arthur Blank hates black people because he didn't want to uh, sign Lamar Jackson. He's racist. No, he isn't. Lamar Jackson is a lot of times in the last couple of seasons only been healthy for half the year, sometimes less. And he it, doesn't have an agent. He's trying to go, yeah. negotiate these. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts just signed the richest contract for a quarterback in, in football history. Don't even get me started on how ridiculously stupid that was by Philadelphia. I'm sorry. But but whether whether it's stupid or not, the 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 thing that we're standing on here is guaranteed money. He took 179 million guaranteed. Just think about that staggering number for a second. And the problem here is that the Browns did something stupid yet again in fully guaranteed Deshaun's contract. Okay? That was stupid. It was dumb. If that's what you had to do to get him, then like he wasn't worth it. I'm sorry. No. But what it but what it did was made everybody else think that like, "Oh, you just reset the market." Nope. That's an outlier. You did something dumb. Maybe the amount of money total that's going to these quarterbacks is not going to change, but that guaranteed money, you're out of your damn mind. Um I don't understand, and this has happened forever in, in baseball, football, basketball, wherever. I don't care. It's been going on for years, and I've always said I don't like it. And everybody, the argument is valid. It is a good argument. They always go, it's whatever the market will bear. It's whatever somebody will pay, but I'm sorry. Turn on Jurassic Park and listen when, uh, who am I thinking of? Goldblum says, hey, you got so busy and caught up wondering if you could or you can you didn't take time to think, should you, if you actually should. One season, Jalen Hurts has looked amazing. One, one season. He did great. He had a great year. He took the Eagles a long way. You don't dump that kind of money on a guy after one year. Well, that, is st- that is such irresponsible spending and stupid moves. So here's the thing. Here's the problem for me is, is that – I disagree that it's it's a stupid move if this is what quarterbacks are going to cost, but people aren't going to be able to re-sign quarterbacks. You're going to see a lot of shuffling because, like you said, one year. Also, really, really, really good Philadelphia football team outside of him. Mm-hmm. Like you, If you plug in somebody else instead of him, maybe they would have done close to the same and i'm not saying he doesn't deserve the money or anything like that but but now now what are you going to do once these contracts go away i don't even understand how in the hell that they still have money to to make that signing but that's well this this is my question if you walk into work tomorrow and you have a brand new dishwasher and he makes the most he's he, you watch him all night and you work with him and when you finish you go oh my god that was the greatest shift I've ever seen worked by any dishwasher ever. Does he get to make the fucking specials next week? No. Like, I, that's just what I liken it to. I don't understand. Like, 
I wouldn't care if you came in and recorded the funniest, most amazing podcast I ever heard. I'm not giving you a half a million dollars tomorrow. I'm going to say do it again. Do it some more. Right. And, and, I, and I know this will never happen as long as I'm alive, and it's never going to happen after I'm gone. But I still think they should, it should be a pay scale, and you should be tenured. And at five years, three years, whatever, you make X amount. And Mark, if, if you 100Ks, give you a million dollars if you're a pitcher. You throw a perfect game. That's, that's a $2 million bonus. I will never argue with you this know? one. The incentives, that like that's what it, when I hear somebody signed a contract, when I heard about Odell signing with uh, the Ravens, and then I heard he can earn up to mm-hmm. $18 million. And I'm like, yeah. oh, and another incentive-based contract, which is what they honestly should all be. Because we get caught up in these things where if, if these guys were rocking incentive-based con- uh, contracts from, from Jump Street, or at least a couple years in, maybe incentives kick in in year three, maybe, so you get a little bit of that rookie deal leeway. Yeah. But you you got these guys that are, and I'll, uh, I'll use Matt Ryan, because a lot of people were really mad about when Matt Ryan got his contract, that, that we were paying him for services rendered and not for what he was going to have in, in the tank fulfilling that contract. So people think that a lot, but if you just make them all incentive laden, then like none of that matters. If you if you end up paying people for the stuff that they do on the field rather than like what you hope they do on the field, it seems like it's a much better business decision. But I don't. I clearly that is not yeah a I, possibility. I, I, I don't understand it. I had an argument with our good buddy Donnie not too long ago, and he's like, "I like it, whatever the market." And I'm like, "Fuck the market. <laughs> it's 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 good business." You know, and, and people can argue with me all day, and, and they can tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. I will never stop believing it, that it is bad business. The Eagles practice, they just practice bad business by giving that kid so much damn money for one season. The city loves him. The team loves him. I mean, like, I get oh, it. Oh, that's great. But, like, again, you're going to get into a situation. He has a no-trade clause. You're mm-hmm. going to get into a situation where he is commanding the lion's share of your money. And, and how are you going to field a football team around him? Like that that's the thing. And like you know that that it was good last year. Do you come home with any hardware? Yeah. What if it's a one off too? What if he never plays that well again? Because it could happen, will it? I don't think so. I think he'll be okay. But what if he doesn't? What if he falls into the trap that almost everybody else does and he's sitting in his living room one day and he goes, Oh shit. Philadelphia is gonna be two hundred and fifty five million dollars. I better be good. I better play, and, and you get in your head. How many how many big contracts have been signed by baseball players or any other athletes in the next season? They flop because they go, oh man, I just all that money, and uh, uh, I, I started thinking I put too much pressure on myself. You know. Well, what but, about what about the other side of the coin too? Is that like maybe you, you look at Philadelphia and Philadelphia is like, well, if this is the new trend in quarterbacks, like if we can get him signed now before Herbert signs and before. Uh, Burrow signs, and before all these other guys get their contracts, maybe we're saving ourselves some money going ahead and giving him this now rather than waiting to see what all these other guys get when they reset the market, Yeah, which is inevitably going to happen. I think Burrow's going to break it hard. Um, it may not be with Cincinnati. They may they may dick around with him because they don't know. They're, they're not notorious for, for doing smart things with football players yeah. or spending money. Like they've already, it, the owner's already been out in, in in public trying to downplay or asking for a hometown discount from Burrow and Burrow's. It, that's not the right guy to play that game with, I don't think. 
yeah. I mean, same way with with Lamar. You're gonna have to. You're gonna find yourself in a situation where you're going to have to franchise tag him, and then you have to see what happens from there. But like you, you franchise tag Joe Burrow with uh, two first round draft picks, and oddly enough. Same way that they're doing Lamar right now, that that dude doesn't stay on the market for very long. I can promise you that. Yeah, I just, you know, when I think about it, it's like, here's the answer to this question. I'm going to answer my own question. Is Jalen Hurts worth 55, I think it's 55 million a year? Is is he worth $55 million to drive down to that stadium, suit up and play on Sundays? No. The answer to that question is no. And you know what the answer, the other answer to that question is? There isn't a human alive on the face of the planet that's worth that much. But, like, but they, so they already gave it to somebody. So, like, now he has to be worth that much. I mean, I get it. Which I, is, again, which, again, it's dumb. It's dumb. The, the damn Browns yeah. ruined it. Uh, every, every, every team that's ever done it has ruined it. I, I just, I'll never understand it. It'll never make sense to me. But, hey, you know what? I'm sitting in a podcast studio in Marietta, Georgia right now, and I work in IT. I'm not an NFL executive. So maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Maybe every, maybe one day I'll be lucky enough to meet an NFL executive, and he can explain, explain to me. Please. And then, then I go, okay, that makes sense. But until that day, it is never going to make sense to me. It doesn't seem these, logical. These rid- ridiculous mega deals. Because I just, and, and, and again, I just compare it to other things. You know, it's like Tim and Jared have this great studio here. And let's just say they do one amazing job, you know, uh, for, for whatever they do. And then all of a sudden MGM calls and says, you're going to be our two newest directors. We're going to keep you. I mean, it's like, what? They, they did one commercial that looked good. Now, now you're making them the head of the, the film department. You know, <laughs> it's just weird. Like, I don't understand for very the sample size of a lot of these guys is so small and they do something amazing and they're like well and and I get it too because they've painted I feel like everybody's painted themselves into a corner because they know it'll turn into a bidding war or they know that well we got to pay them or somebody else will and the price and they drive they drive the price up you know uh, they do it to themselves but I just really wish somebody would come along Roger Goodell or somebody would say and, and Rob Manfred and all these guys go okay this is how we're going to do it now you're going to play, but if you suck, you're not going to make any money this year. You're going to get your base salary, but if you don't hit your incentives, you're not going to make a lot of money. If you practice and play well, that, that's going to motivate people to go shit. I, you, you have to feel like, and not to say that we aren't intelligent people, but you have to feel like this conversation's been had before, right? Somebody had to have asked this question or suggested an idea of this sort in some sort of NFL meeting before. I guess they got laughed, sort of out of, sport, probably. <laughs> got laughed out of the boardroom. <laughs> but, like, I feel like I feel like the owners, like, this this is beneficial for the owners. I feel like it's something that had to have been, like, seriously talked about because it involves them making more money and potentially, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I guess I look at it like it's like a commission check for a salesman. You know, you, you take a little bit less up front, for the ability to make more if you do really good at your job. Like, that's, like, the mm-hmm. nature of a commission-based uh, salary plus commission um, sales job. Yeah, you got to sell. If you don't sell, you don't eat. But if you translate that, that to sports, like, you give people an opportunity, like, here, here's your base, like you said, based on how long you've been in the business. We're, we're going to give you a base, but, but the, you're going to earn the lion's share of your money 
by production. Like it's it that makes a ton of sense. But I guess at the same time, people you don't want to put that kind of pressure on people. I guess, which again also stops making sense the longer you say it out loud. How many times in your life have you experienced uh, one of these mega contracts? Or just any player, really, that gets gets paid a, a pretty handsome salary. And then they turn into a lazy, fat asshole. I feel like it's happened more often than not. Exactly. Because they're paid now. They're paid. I think that's what happened. You know, a lot of people will say that's what happened with Kyler Murray out in Arizona. He got paid, and now he's like, I don't need to watch the practice videos. I don't need to try that hard. I'm paid. He was supposed to be this great thing, and now he's just everybody says he's kind of a dick now. Just he's a lazy, giant, giant dumpster a, fire. Everybody's yeah, asking to leave. Yeah, but also then you find out that the Arizona Cardinals is the only like team in the NFL that makes the players pay for food. Yeah. So well, hey, they can afford it. That organization could be the problem, but but either way, uh, I mean, there's a there's a million reasons. I and I don't know Kyler personally, but like. The media can paint whatever picture they want, but there's also a lot of things that happened with that football team that made his life way harder than it should have been. Yeah, uh, on paper, what everybody projected his life to be wasn't at all close to what it actually was. But now, hey, listen, as a Falcons fan, I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if uh, Buda Baker and uh, Jesse Bates can coexist together, uh, but I would love to try. I would love to try. How, however, we need to package some. Some things to get Buda Baker out of there. I would love to have him in Atlanta. Yeah, we'll see. We got a draft coming up soon too, but you know, I just wonder if these teams were more fiscally responsible in the way they pay players, would it would it turn into a better fan experience and maybe a more affordable fan experience? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how that all works out. But I have to think that if Jalen Hurts is making fifty five million, they gotta get that cash from somewhere. Well, that means you're paying eighteen dollars for a hot dog that normally costs like three dollars. But like, look <laughs> you know? at look at the Falcons. The Falcons, like concessions wise, Mercedes Benz is amazing. But yeah, Arthur made that his mission. He's like, this is one thing I'm going to do for you fans, right? But and we still can't pack the bitch out. Um, and that's because because we don't have Lamar Jackson. That's why. Sure, but if we had Lamar Jackson, the stadium would be filled every every Sunday, and we'd win eighteen Super Bowls in a row. And he'd be the greatest quarterback the world has ever seen. And he, it's just a magic pill. Lamar Jackson's the magic pill for the Falcons. You bring him to town, everything just washes away. Oh man, it's it it's painful because I'm looking right now, and I'm I am happy. I am genuinely happy at everything the Falcons have done this offseason. I can't remember I can't remember the last time that we like there are holes like a hole here and a hole there and there are position groups that we could get better at for sure, but I cannot remember a time where we were just like able to go into a draft with a full defense and not just be like we have zero linebackers or our secondary is terrible. Like there was, there's always been just a glaring deficiency. Now, do we need a left guard? A hundred percent. There's a way. There's a way for us to just completely crush that in the draft if we want to. There's, but we don't have to. Like the way, uh, the way we used the offensive line last year worked for us, and we have essentially the same personnel coming back this year for that. We we are wide open. Do we need? Edge rusher, sure. We got Bud Dupree on a, on a sweet deal. 
he's not rookie season Bud Dupree, but he is going to be great in the locker room. He's going to help with the other guys in the locker room. We have guys that can rush the passer. That's a thing that you want a stud because we've been so terrible at it for so long that you just want it not to be an issue anymore. So everybody's thinking, like, if 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 Tyree Wilson is there, it's a no-brainer. If somehow Will Anderson is there, it's a no-brainer. Like, I, I told you this. I think everybody... Uh, that I know who's a Georgia fan is really excited about the idea of maybe Nolan Smith as well, because that guy is just a field general and whatever. But what I'm saying is if we don't do that, if we end up getting Bijan Robinson at eight, not my favorite pick, but I am not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad at all. If we go cornerback and really just stack the secondary, not going to be mad. I just want them to to knock it out of the park. And and if you want to trade back, trade back, stockpile some more picks for us. We haven't been in this position in a long time. It's great. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the Falcons' offense doesn't need work. But what I am saying is it wasn't because Atlanta couldn't score last year. It's because we couldn't keep the other guys out of the end zone. 100%. Atlanta put up 27, 32. You know, they put up points. So... You know, I, I was not – I was totally against the whole B. John Robinson thing because I was like, we have a running back. But then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, well, yeah, it would be kind of interesting to see what Arthur Smith does with those two guys and a Desmond Ritter. You know, well, that, also, that, that, <clears throat> that flexes Patterson for you. That yeah. turns Patterson into the Percy Harvin role yeah, where maybe. you don't know where. Is he coming out of the backfield? Is he going to line up at receiver? Like – Man, he'd probably be a good slot guy. I think he's I mean, he's just good. He is you just know. a solid offensive uh, weapon. So that would be interesting. But I, I I said this yesterday at my birthday party, which which you attended. We had ribs, all kind of good stuff to eat. I ate pheasant. Oh man, I am still eating mac and cheese today. But I, I said this yesterday though. I want Nolan Smith. I I like him as a player, but I also like his football brain. He's got a Peyton Manning like football acumen. Very analytical, very like very. I like his approach to the game. Uh, he's a guy that you know. Last year, he basically became a coach, and he did well. I mean, Kirvin Smart even called him out on it and was like, "Man, this guy's been great, even from the sidelines. He's done a lot for our team from the sidelines, working with these guys." And we so, talked about we talked about too the the combine. Like the combine, in my opinion, is is for guys like Nolan. Nolan got hurt, so. Like what you what I saw from Nolan when he was hurt was always being a, a cheerleader and a coach, not just a che- not cheering the guys on, but helping the guys get better throughout the season, and like always involved in the game, even though he was hurt and not able to be a part of it. But he comes to the combine and he's coming off a knee and he runs faster than everybody, and he jumps just as high, mm-hmm. if not higher, than everybody. And so that's what we already know he's a good football player, but that combine showed us that he is he's healthy. He can yeah. he can play he can he can move around everything works. It, we also had this conversation too with a, about Anthony Richardson. Like he, I, I, you look at his body of of work, I, I saw some of the believe guys talking about the the top five quarterbacks going in the draft, and one guy said Anthony Richardson should go first in the draft. And like if you really believe that, then great. I just need you to explain it to me because because. Nolan Smith's body of work speaks for itself. Anthony Richardson's does not. He is just he is a stud athlete, but like 
at the quarterback position, and some people say that he wasn't used properly, and he's just a little raw, and he just needs a little attention. But I'm like, Jesus, like you, you can't, you can't, you're gonna risk the number one pick in the draft yeah. on a hope and a prayer because he jumped really high at a, at, a, at a practice, ran really fast. Like, but can, can he be a quarterback? That's what I asked. So it's dumb. I've never before seen a player just have a good combine and all, and but not a good college career, and all of a sudden they're talking about he's worthy of the number one pick. He's not that good. Is he? Is he a very impressive physical specimen? Yes, he's obviously a good Without athlete. A doubt. He started at Florida. He played for the Florida Gators, who or are not what they used to be. It's not the program it used to be. But still, you don't just but get to go play there. I just don't understand why everybody thinks that about him now. And I, my response to somebody talking about it, I was like, how's he going to react when he's got one of the Boses breathing down his neck? It's, That's what I care about. Nobody's running at you. It's like you and I, you know, hey, just – Try to do this one thing the best way you can do it real quick for me. Okay, great. That doesn't – none of the, what none of what you do at a fucking combine is indicative to how your career is going to go. No, Period, end of story. Some, sometimes you get to show yourself to people who didn't get to look at you a lot during the season. I see the merits of the, of the combine. I do, but, like, a lot of times, like, it being such, like, a, a change, like – you watched Anthony Richardson on tape playing football his entire career, and you thought one thing of him, and then he ran fast and jumped high, and you were like, yeah. "Fuck yeah! Oh shit! This guy's this guy's number one pick overall." Yeah, and maybe it's, it's smoke and mirrors. Maybe everybody's pumping him up so they can get their hands on Stroud or 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 Bryce Young or Will Levis. But like, I don't know. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense yeah. to me. And it doesn't make any sense for the people that like really desperately need a quarterback to start right now. If he goes to a situation where he he's behind a guy that might be done in a couple years, sure. Like, I don't know how long Geno Smith has left, but like if if the Seahawks drafted him when they have a guy that can go and he can learn from him, like maybe that makes sense. Maybe that's the roll of the dice that you take. But if you're just if you're just the Carolina Panthers and you have yeah. nothing at quarterback and you're and you're you need your guy to be your guy. Like, man, that's a hell of a roll of the dice. You could put yourself a couple years back because, I mean, you may be picking high, but, like, damn, like, that's a, that's a huge risk. It's just another one of those things, like those, those breakout athletes, you know, that go to a program and they're good, but then they blow up. They blow up and they have a, you know, video game number season. And everybody just goes gaga over them and then they get drafted. And I'm like, yeah, I told you. Every everybody, it's not that they're not great athletes. It's just like it's about consistency. I would rather have a guy that's just pretty darn good, but he's pretty darn good every damn Sunday, <laughs> instead of a guy who gives you flashes of brilliance. Well, and that's the thing that would like the the one thing that always sticks out of my head about Anthony Richardson is when they talked about him, they said he could be the greatest player on the field one play and the worst the next play, and that just that mm-hmm. that's the opposite of consistency. I mean, I watch the guy play every year. Played against Georgia, and I watched some other, you know, Florida games. I'm not impressed. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good athlete. I'm not saying he's not a, like I said before, a, a impressive physical specimen. He is, dude's jacked. Show me a highlight reel. It's gonna look really great. You show me like bodies of work and in box scores, and then you're gonna be like, oh, yeah. shit. All the talent in the world just can't put it together on game day. But but again, <clears throat> like that's a that for me, that's where the the combine. Like I, th- I, pe- I feel like people put way too much emphasis on the combine, but like 
there is merit to it. Like and, and the Nolan Smith thing for me is what it is. It's like now you know, like I feel like pro days are just like dressed up rehearsals oh, yeah. where you get to scripted talent. It, I it is what it is. It gives people an opportunity to see you again where you're comfortable, but again, I want to see you where you're uncomfortable. Exactly. But at the same time, like I'm not I'm not basing CJ Stroud's draftability based on how he threw the football at the combine. I'm basing it on his body of work at Ohio State. I think everybody's doing that. I think I I, I feel like it it is an audition in some way for them, but but really nobody should be making their decision based on the combine. Like if if you just if you have a bad year but you come out and you run some drills and tights with no pads, no defenders, yep. no nothing mm-hmm. and that's where people are like, "Oh shit, well this guy's really good." Except for when it actually matters. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a system I've used for many, many years and it served me well and sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I feel like I'm more right then I am wrong. I'm not saying I'm not a wizard. I'm not a Mel Kuyper or anything like that. But I look at big time games, and that's how kind of how I make my decision. And that's why I'm not. I I, I like what they're saying about his brain and, and his poise, and he's ahead of the curve. I'm talking about Desmond Ritter here, but why I'm not completely sold on him is because he played in an inferior conference, not as good a talent as the SEC, maybe even in the ACC. Is Cincinnati? You're not playing against top tier talent. And when you climbed in the ring with a big dog, you got your ass beat. Bad. You did not show up. And I look at I look at guys like a and if he doesn't if he doesn't do some really dumb shit and go to Leavenworth, there's no telling what he would have done. But I, I watched Michael Vick in a big time game almost single handedly beat Florida State by himself. There were other men on the field, but he literally had a Michael Jordan moment and said, We ain't losing this game. We, it, yeah, I mean, and they did, but it was amazing to watch. And it, other athletes have done it too. And it's like, what do you do in the spotlight, in the in the big moments? Do you show up and, and shine, or, or are you just kind of there? And Desmond Ritter in that game against Alabama was just there. What? Well, not you, saying he can't. Well, not we also, saying he won't. We talked like, about eh. this, and I'm not I'm not gonna take anything away from your point because I agree. Except for like Virginia Tech back then and Cincinnati right now are two different. Two different ball games. Yeah. So the talent level for Cincinnati overall, I think, just wasn't enough for what uh, what Alabama brought to the table. And whether that's fair or not, I, I mean, I do agree with what you're saying, though. Like, you, you're going to grade him on how he played in that situation, but at the same time, like... He didn't. He didn't have the players on offense to go up against that Alabama defense. And I mean, look at Sauce. Sauce played on that same team. He got beat by Alabama, but Sauce is a absolute stud in the NFL. So I'm not oh, yeah. saying I'm not saying Desmond is 100% going to be. I'm saying I don't. I'm not sold that he's not. I can't wait to see him with a, a healthy complement of players with a defense that can stop the football. Hopefully, mm-hmm. like I, I really just can't wait to see that. But. It, I just can't wait to see what it looks like, especially after this draft, what the complete football team looks like and giving him a chance with some actual weapons and it not just being, uh, and no disrespect to the other guys, but it not just being him and Drake London and Tyler Algier versus yeah, the man. world. Takes it takes a whole team. Uh, you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not, uh, I think at one time I did say Ritter will not work out. I'm, I'm now think he, there's a chance he could. 
he gets the right team and the right coaching and everything, I, I think he could. But, yeah, I, like, long story short, though, some of the things that are happening in sports today with people, is it, it just makes me go, I don't get it. I don't understand. And that's one of them. Like, just going to a combine. Combines and pro days are for guys that might be on the, on the edge of not getting drafted, I think. Like, that's where, yeah, okay, now you, you're a good player and you – we're just not sure. You need to show up and, and show these guys show you showcase your talent. Sure, like you know, you know what you know what I love about the combine. I love watching offensive linemen run because mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of that. You don't get to see you see them in the trenches and you can see how tough they are and you can see a little bit about how they move in there. But like actually seeing them move it is something that I'm pretty sure is a valuable thing to be able to see when you're assessing talent. And like forty times, like do you want to know? You see how these receivers are. You just want to know how actually fast they are. And if that's something that, like, you need to know because that's a particular uh, – lost the word. But if that's something that you're looking for um, in the receiver, then, like, that's great. You need to know this guy can run a 4.39 or, holy shit, that guy runs a 4.6 instead. I thought he looked a lot faster on tape. It, if these are things that you're looking for, that's that's fun. I just don't think it, like – you should be figuring out whether somebody yeah. is good or bad in the in the combine. Well, it's like this kid that just came out in, in, on social media and went viral because he's 14, and I think he's almost seven feet tall. Holy shit. And he couldn't find shoes. So Shaq, so Shaq and up. some other people hooked him up and found him shoes. But now the morons that are on social media are like, oh, this kid's going to be great in the NFL. I'm like, uh, okay, probably never going to even play college. Uh, he's so big. Like he's and I and I know this is going to sound weird, but he's he's almost too big to play football. And 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 again, he's fourteen. And if you've seen him, I just I looked up a couple of videos because I was like, oh damn, poor kid. Like that's crazy. I can't believe he can't find shoes. He looks like a giraffe on ice skates. Well, he's only fourteen. Exactly. He's probably still growing, which is so, the scary part. Exactly. It's it's ridiculous. Like, but now all of a sudden they're just oh yeah, he's going to go to college. I'm like, I don't think so. You start getting that big, pro wrestler. Sure, because when you do, you really do. When you start getting that big, you don't have a lot of mobility, and like things break on you. Like, you know, he's just he's you don't. There is such a thing. I think I don't know. You may not agree with me, but I do think there is such a thing as being too big to play football. Well, you yeah, mobility is a huge deal, and like if, if you're not, you have to be able to move around. Yeah, I mean. So anyway, but that's what that's what that's what we do today. We we just we we latch onto something and and run with it and, and say ridiculous things, uh, just about everything. But again, uh, Atlanta sports fans love to do this shit. And I, it's, it's all, it's been happening our whole lives. It's going to continue to happen, but I just like the fact now that people tune in. Some people tune in. We're big in uh, New Zealand, Australia, other Hell places. Yeah. So people are listening here in the States too. We just got to, we got to get back in here and get on them some more. But I'm telling you, man, um, if you are listening, thank you. Uh, we we really do appreciate all of you out there. And just, I mean, you know, launching a podcast ain't easy. It does uh, require some time that we just, I won't say we haven't. It's just been inconvenient for us to make it. Well, work, the older you, know. you get, that I mean, it's always going to be the. Uh, oh, it's cat hurting, man. Well, time, time, it's the, it's the greatest commodity. And you know, I. I but it's that's what's weird uh, that, that, that gets me frustrated about life sometimes is because I'm very much a, if you tell me hey Robert on July the fifteenth I'm doing this would you like to go? Chances are if it's something cool I'm like yeah done I'm in. 
but these days I feel like even just trying to get my friends to, together for a birthday is tough. And yeah. like, and like, so uh, it's, this all started, I'm going to just tell a quick story. I know you guys are just on the edge of your seats, but for the past several years, I've done my birthday just in my driveway. Cause I started thinking, I was like, well, I'm not saying, I'm not judging other people. I'm not saying they're wrong. I just say now I feel a certain type of way by going, Hey Mark, I'm going to need you to spend like 75 bucks and come sit with me at the stadium to watch the Braves on my birthday. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. But COVID was on. So they were like, what are you going to do for your birthday? And I was like, man, I'll just bowl some peanuts in the driveway and tell people to come over. So this year I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to go trout fishing in Blue Ridge, get a cabin. And I asked a bunch of people, and they're, I don't know, you know, over, and I'm just like, it's a, it's a yes or a no. I mean, I know you got kids and everything. I'm asking, hey, these are the dates, but I need to know now so I can book it. And, it, I mean, it, it was, God, it's so frustrating. So, finally, I just said, you know what? I, I, I've, I've never been, like, a huge birthday person. I'm definitely not one of those. Like, I have a friend. She'll do, like, birthday month, and I'm like, you're so lame. <laughs> birthday week, maybe. But point being, like, when I was younger, it was always my work friends or something, you know, like, hey, we got to take you out. You got to come out. Uh, I don't ever want anybody to throw me a surprise party. I don't ever want anybody to throw me a party. Because I had a great day yesterday. It was fun. I got to see some people I don't get to see that often. And I was like, you know what? No jump scares. I had some beers. I walked upstairs. I got my fire pit. I played some music. Had some good food. People came over. Easy peasy. And I was like, man, that shit just takes all the stress out of it. And I don't, you know, people don't have to worry about going to get me a gift, even though my girlfriend's family, I told them no gifts and they still do it. But I tell everybody from now on, probably as long as I live around here on April 16th, you know where I'll be. In the driveway. If you don't come, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to cry, but I'm going to still do that very thing. I'm going to have a little pot of peanuts. I'm going to put something on my smoker. When the sun goes down, I'm going to light the tiki torches and make a fire, which we did. And that's what I'm doing. If you would like to come join me, I would like for you to come. It takes, but outside of that, I ain't worrying anything else about it. Well, that, <laughs> what, honestly, that's the smartest because I used to be. I used to be that person. I used to be so worried about like making sure everybody else was like a get everything planned and make sure everybody else is going to have a good time. And it got to the point where I'm like, I'm not having a good time. Like trying to plan something. So now it's just like, hey guys, this is what I'm going to do. If you guys would like to go, this is where I'm going to be. Would love that. That's great. But like, it, it's so hard. I'm always going to be the guy that, that, that buys the tickets. Yeah. Like everybody wants to go, okay, I'll buy it. I hope you guys still feel this way in a month and want to give me yeah. the money for the tickets. I'm always going to be that guy, but I, like it's so much easier to be like, hey, if you guys would like to go, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, and you know, I took a personal day from work because I had some errands that I needed to run that you just can't get done. You know, working nine to six Monday through Friday because by the time I get off, a lot of stuff is already closed. So I was like, I just need to do a couple of things. But like, yeah, I had to get up and like haul the trash off and finish cleaning up. And I was like, man, it would be nice like next year if people did some of this stuff for me because yesterday, I mean, it was. It's a lot of work to have people over because, like, Put I had your to, birthday wish list out. Like, these are the things yeah. I need done. Sign up here. Maybe because I did feel like a lot of times I was like, man, they're all in the driveway having a great time, but I'm working. <laughs> you know, so, but I like cooking for people and I like doing the ribs and everything. But I was like, man, it'd be cool if I can sit down and just hang out and somebody does this stuff. But yeah, man, you gotta you gotta mow the lawn, you gotta trim it, and you gotta edge it, and you gotta clean up and you know mop the floors and like it's. But, see, for me, having companies like a really good motivator of getting shit done that needs to be done around the house. Like, 100%. Oh, shit, people are coming. 
<laughs> I got to trim that bush now. Like it's it's looking crazy. I got to I got to smarten that thing up before people come over. You know. So, but anyway, it was a good one. And the Braves beat the Royals yesterday. And uh, you know they're winners of six in a row. And they play. I uh, do they play tonight? I think today's a travel day because they played on Sunday. Nope. No, it's tonight at nine forty. Okay. Yeah, they're out on the West Coast playing the Padres, and uh, man, I just we uh, we talked about it before, but I really do feel like man, this could be a really special Braves team. Uh, as soon as you know, we got to get people back. Harris got to get healthy. Those back things, man, those are naggy, and you got to baby them. And you know, uh, uh, Freed, you know, we'll see what he looks like tonight. Kyle Wright did not look good in his first appearance of the year. Actually, that's a lie. For about two innings, he looked sharp. And then the wheels kind of came off. But as soon as we get our starting pitching kind of in a groove, and that's what I'm saying now. They're 12 and 4 doing this, playing this way now. I think I texted you. Wait till they just get going. Right. Wait till they find their real identity as a team and that chemistry and they, and they start jiving. And I'm like, and it's like, boy, look out. But look at one, two, and three in the lineup. <clears throat> Holy yeah. shit. Like that is everywhere. I mean, there's no escaping. I, and uh, I'm not, <laughs> I won't take anything away from anybody else, but that whole, that Acuna, Olsen, Riley. One, two, three, I, there isn't a better one in the entire Major League Baseball. There's I would, not a better one. Yeah, I'd just like to see Olsen cut back on the strikeouts a little because there's some games, even this year, he's like, you know, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. And I'm just like, bro, you got yeah. to tighten it up, man. You know, Francoeur was a free swinger. Um, and I feel like Olsen is. To, and he messed with his, his stance again. It's a little different if you watch it over last year. Uh, he tweaked it again. But he seems to be doing okay, and I'm loving no shift because I think so. I can't remember what player said it, but uh, he said, you know, it's nice to see hits that, that would have been hits. They've, they've all, they're always hits with the shift because I hated it, man. I hated they were, so, and I think the thing I hated about it is they were so damn good at it. That's what sucked. I like, you know, and I, and I, and I again, I'm a baseball guy. I watch it all the time, I, I love it. But it seems like they did this stuff for people that don't really like baseball, and they're still not going to really like baseball. But I, the bases don't bother me. I don't mind the pitch clock at all, and I love the shift, and I love the DH in the National League. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was, you know me, uh, I was very bitter with the sport of baseball, but I like some of the stuff. The only thing I, I, oh, my God, I will go down and I'll get on the news and I will go down to every Braves game and stand outside the stadium is I do not want to see robot umpires. It was really awesome watching Snit getting tossed by the ump the other day. I was like, oh, man, this is great. Snit's getting tossed. You know, I just I don't want that to happen in any way, shape, or form. Now, some of these guys, I don't know if they, if they need LASIK or whatever, but they really got to work on their fucking eyesight because I have seen some horrendous, I mean, just holy shit, like, what the fuck? How did you even get to the NFL, uh, the MLB as an umpire? How did you make it here? Because, oh, but but that's part of the game, too. That human element, I I like that. I think. Do you do you feel like it's across the board in all sports right now? Though the the officiating, yeah, is, which is, which makes me wonder. It makes me want to put my tinfoil hat on and go, okay, what's happening here, really? Right. Why is it across the board? Why yeah. all of a sudden in all sports are we are we are we finding this weakness yeah. in in officiating? And um, you know. I hate that everybody's going to hate me, uh, but it's fine. Uh, when I say this, you know, the Hawks are in the playoffs. They made it. Um, I'm very disappointed in the season they had, but, you know, I think a lot of that was Nate. Uh, I look forward, you know, to I, – I don't feel like there's a, a really good chemistry yet on that team. I don't know why. I can't – I don't have any answer. I don't have anything to back it with. It just, it just feels like something's wrong. 
and I said it before. I, I said it yesterday to you, and you uh, cursed me a little. I said, man, the Hawks are just going to get the shit kicked out of them by the Celtics. I was like, they're just going to be – they're just going to – I don't know. But not not that I don't love them. I think I'm just looking at the hard truth and going – Honestly, it's it's a fair thing to say. It's a fair thing to think that the Hawks are going to get the shit kicked out of them. And my, my silver lining is I just hope that uh, while they're playing, if they do get the shit kicked out of them, that, that they're just – Whispering into Jalen Brown's ear, if you're upset in Boston, come to Atlanta. We would gladly have you in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, they're always I, – I'm sure they'll talk about Collins getting moved. I can't even believe they just made up a lie saying the Hawks are looking to trade Trey Young. That's a – I don't believe it. That is a straight-up lie to me that they gave the green light to start shopping him. I That's what I asked. When it, when it came out, and it came out right before the playing game, I'm like, are they lighting a fire under his ass? Or is it like I, – I mean, and I get it. Like, if it's if it's a real thing, and like, why why wouldn't you trust your, your staff? Why wouldn't you trust your front office to to look for these things? Like, you're, you got a brand-new coach in Quinn Snyder who – is now he's now he's got to figure it out. He it's like unprecedented. I feel like that you bring in like you hire an outside coach halfway into a season. I just don't remember it ever happening. And I haven't looked that up or anything. But he's getting to see what he has here. And I'm, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, man. It's it's hard to win NBA basketball games. I don't care how good our offense is. It's a, another another situation where we can't stop the other team from scoring. So. If you if you you build around Trey Young, like they built around Allen Iverson with guys that can play defense and and rebound the basketball, so that that seems to make the most sense. And how what we've done is somehow managed to go undersized at every position on the floor, including Trey's position. So I think in this offseason, he he's assessing our situation right now. There, there are definitely going to be moves to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, everybody hates DeAndre Hunter now. Uh, and for sure, whatever. He didn't it's, sleep with somebody's mom, did he? Uh, man. You know that shit happens, man. That's we- it's West. weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got to – Quinn Snyder's got to look under the hood some more. You know, it is weird coming in halfway through a season. But the thing was, it seems like they got Quinn Snyder for Trey Young. And, and the and – the, Supposed people that matter when they were making the hire, they were they. Everybody talked about how much better Trey Young was going to be being coached by Quinn Snyder. Well, you can already tell, like people are already noticing that Quinn Snyder is not afraid to pull Trey Young out of a basketball game. If Trey Young is is a little reckless, or I, I this is definitely a learning experience. I know it's a little weird to say because we're in the playoffs right now, but like again, it it's a matchup thing. The 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 damn Celtics are a matchup nightmare for us, and maybe maybe that shuffle that he's doing right now and and moving pieces around are to try to match up with him better. But ultimately, no one expects us to beat the Celtics. If we beat the Celtics, it'll be another one of those situations where everybody's going to freak out and we could go on a, a a crazy run. But like I I don't think anybody expects us to beat them. Uh, they, they've got they've just got a lot. They've got a lot to deal with, but. They'll also get to learn more about this team because playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball. Yeah, and uh, true, very true. But I wanted to take a moment 
and, uh, and dedicate this little segment to our friend Malcolm. And can we talk about how the fact that LeBron James seemingly faked an injury because his team wasn't very good, and then they started playing better, and all of a sudden he he's miraculously healed and he wants back in? Uh, what a bitch. Total bitch move. Yeah, well... It happened. I, it happened. It, it, it is. That it totally is it, happened. It is what it is. <laughs> I, I feel like that that is just a, a dead horse that we keep kicking. And I don't I, – LeBron's just going to do whatever LeBron wants to do. I mean, there was video footage of him at a concert when he was supposed to have a boot on his foot. I Whatever. It is what it is. I, I There's a lot of bullshit that happens in the NBA. Look at the, look at the oh, Dallas yeah. Mavericks. Look at that dumb shit. Like mm-hmm. I can't I, I can't even believe that. And that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I'm sure Cuban had that in his wallet. Yeah. Like that's your fine. Like they they are they threw a game to make sure that they did not lose their draft pick. Like I don't I man, if you if it it's one thing if you're gonna like do that on the low, but now everybody knows you did it. Like that, you can't allow that. You can't. That can't be a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. But like, there's so much shit that happens. Like, I just don't understand why you just don't like, like, just do it. But like, just be smart about it. Like, why do we have to? Yeah. Like, why do we? Why do you have to like make everybody feel like they're the asshole for like for being a fan or for for believing that something could be what it is and like yeah. that that whole Mavericks thing is just a complete fucking debacle and if I have to hear one more thing about how much better Luka is than Trey like I don't give a shit man you got you gave that guy Kyrie Irving whether whether you like him or not it's not Kyrie's fault that they're not in the playoffs yeah you were in 6th place before he got there and you're telling me your team fell apart y'all should have signed Jalen Brunson like there's some I there's some shit going on over there and I watched that guy play like Trey, the the one thing that gets me the most is is silly shot selections sometimes, because for whatever reason they 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 got him to shoot less and pass more this year, and but every now and again when nobody else is making a shot, he makes a he if he misses the shot then he's an idiot and he has terrible shot selection. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't right now, which is why I'm really hoping Quinn Snyder can rein it in a little bit. Because I want Trey Young that was an absolute killer, that went to the rack, that wasn't scared to shoot when he was open, that wasn't that isn't now seemingly in his head making that extra pass to teammates who are constantly missing. Uh, the dude should be averaging 15 assists per game, and he still, still has the most assists in the NBA this year. I. I don't I don't understand, but I don't think he's ever going to get any credit for what he is because I, I just it's gotta be a little bit of the whining and uh him not making baskets. I just like want him wants. to stop shooting from half court. If sure. he could if he could do that, please stop. If Trey. if they were it the problem is now is that they're not heat check shots. If Trey's if Trey's on like a six point run where he's made three in a row and then he gets an open look and he wants to jack one. I don't give a fuck. But if we're down, if we're down nine and you want a logo three, 
Yeah, no. Five seconds into the shot clock, like, please don't do that. <clears throat> like, it's just a bad look because when you make those things, everybody loves it. But, like, when you do it in such a bad time, they're going to kill you every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it is It is what it is. I don't – I. These younger guys, they they do whine a little bit more than I ever want. But I've seen Trey and I've seen Luca play live, and I there I I still say that Luca is the biggest crybaby in the NBA right now. Him and- next to LeBron, and I, I know I'm, I'm I I love I just love picking at Malcolm too. I did bring him a plate today of of some ribs and mac and cheese and beans and uh, cake. So. I, I took care of my boy. I, I brought him some birthday food. Here's but, some uh, food. I'm gonna shit on LeBron. Later. I'm always <laughs> gonna shit on him. I'm gonna that you said it before. I, I kicked that horse. That horse has been dead a long mm. time. And I wake it up. I get the the defibrillator out and I wake Clear. it up. And then I talk and I kick it some more. And then it dies and I bring it back again. Because I'm just telling you, LeBron James is is such a poor example for people and how to play the sport of basketball. And I've said this before. I will defend him in, in, in what he's done for the community. I will defend him of what he's done, you know, as, as a human being and, and done some great things. But if you want your child to see how not to act when playing at team sports, point to that man right there. He is a terrible teammate. Terrible. One of the worst ever. And he basically said, my son can go play basketball wherever he would like. I just have to make a phone call. That I mean, that's honest. It is truth. But I'm just like, how fucked up is that? But he's also a McDonald's All American, so he could go wherever he wants to play basketball on his own. He also has the second richest NIL deal in the country, yeah. and the dude's still in high school. Well, what's stupid is they're like, oh, look at Bronny James. He's such a blah blah. blah. I'm like, I'm sorry, but any child that grows up. Whose father? I mean, Michael Jordan's kids weren't very good at basketball, but don't say it's like genetics and DNA. No, it's the fact that his dad is LeBron James, and he got to play with the best players in the country, the best coaches, the best medicine, the best of everything, the finest of everything. That's why he's good. A little bit of you know, da- yeah, dad's genes are there, but if he doesn't have access to all that stuff, is he that good? Bet he isn't. Bet he isn't. That's all I'm saying. We're gonna we're gonna see. We are absolutely gonna see. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Kinda, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. Um, but you can almost you can almost guarantee that's gonna be a a USC. I feel like he's gonna stay. He's gonna out. go for one year and leave, just like everybody else. And of that's course. why that's why college basketball. And I'm saying it right here. It sucks. I do not watch college basketball. If I want to watch college basketball, I'll go right over here to North Cobb High School and watch a game. I'll tell you what doesn't suck though is them UConn Huskies. Bringing it home. Yeah, boy. Didn't even really know, you know. No, it's I okay. Mean, I heard some chatter, and everybody's like, you doing a bracket? I was like, I haven't done a bracket in over a decade, and I'll never do one again because I don't watch college basketball anymore because it's just glorified high school. That's another thing, man. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, Stetson Bennett and, oh, well, he's playing against whatever, whatever. Well, maybe that's why fucking LeBron James is so good and Anthony Davis is so good because they're playing against 19-year-olds. They're playing against children. They graduate, they go to college one year, and then they're or they don't go to college at all. They go right out of high school. Or I think they have do they have to go now? No more high school? One year out of high school. So they can go to <clears throat> yeah, they, they can go, go play to, overseas. They can go yeah, to the anywhere, G League. Yeah. They can do whatever whatever. So yeah. And and so to me, I think it's been bad for the sport. NBA is not as good as it used to be. 
No, I period. I, I still and I think that's part of it. I still wish really badly that they would have made it either go straight from high school or three years out of high school, one or the other. You either you either forfeit and go right to the NBA, or you or you go in three years at three years out of high school. Go play I, basketball in college. Yeah, I, I think it should be like football. I really do, because I just think it's an inferior product now, all across the board. The NBA and and, and college basketball. I don't think it's just, and I don't know because you do have phenoms in in all sports. Like you know, there's always an 18 or 19 year old that comes up to the MLB and, and plays the shit out of it. But I also feel like if if you're 19 and you can just go to the NBA and just ball out, maybe it's too easy. Well, but also here's the 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 thing for me and like at, for the NBA owners and front offices, you're making you're making a business decision on this kid that's 19 years old who you're going to have to pay money while they develop in the NBA. They're going to have to be they're going to be on your team and you're going to develop them. And chances are they're going to be on somebody else's team when they reach their peak. But I also don't think that uh, a 19-year-old, and you can say young man or child or whatever you want to say, I don't think they have any business having access to millions of dollars at that age. Well, they're, they're not even developed as human beings yet, as men. We are so far past that because, like I said, Bronny, Bronny James hasn't even hit college oh, yeah. yet. He's I got million-dollar yeah, NIL deals. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, and you, you know you're gonna, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You're going to start to see some dumb shit. It's going to escalate. Oh, yeah. There, There's going to be car crashes. All kind of crazy shit's about to go down when you got a college football team full of millionaires driving fucking Bentleys to practice. Sure. And it's going to be bad. Well, we already know they, yeah. it's it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a uh, a short amount of time, in my opinion, before they have to really put some some regulations. And our good oh, buddy yeah. Justin Davis, I I agree with him. He he was talking about putting the money in, uh, giving, making it allowed for them to have a certain amount of their money from their NIL deals and putting the rest in a trust, yeah. because otherwise, uh, you're just man, it's the highest bidder. So at this point. What we're seeing it right now. I I don't know one hundred percent what's going on with Bear Alexander at UGA or why he entered the transfer portal. Some people are saying that he uh, he's falling backwards on the depth chart because we got some guys that are really killing it. Um, but you also look at the fact that other teams. Do you think it's really hard in this day and age to be like, hey, dude, if you wanted to come to USC, we can get you this much money over here. It's not. It's not like the olden days where you could track down those communications or those meetings. Like it's, it's very easy for somebody to get that message through someone to someone else and, and money, money talks like that's, it's legal money now. So if you want and entering the transfer portal, nobody bets an eye anymore. I'm betting an eye at bear Alexander transferring because this guy stands what I thought to, to really show out this year and earn himself a, a good spot to be drafted, but man, we're going to see, we're going to see how he acts. If he goes somewhere else, he gets money and he plays, he doesn't play as good. And like, that's bad for the sport. Unfortunately, because humans, something bad is going to have to happen to one of these kids before somebody to go, Oh shit, we fucked up because they have fucked up. I'm yep. sorry. It, it, man, they, they didn't regulate it <clears throat> up front. You're already seeing it's the it. fucking wild West. You're already seeing it. And everybody knows it's the wild West. So what happens in the wild West is you push every boundary 
as hard as you can until somebody somebody regulates it. And that's what's happening right now. And it it's it's crazy to see. And people are they're like like you see a lot of people scratching their chin like hmm, I wonder I wonder what look at this. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse. And then finally somebody the NCAA or somebody's gonna have to step in and, and regulate it. Otherwise it's gonna be out of control. Well, it's gonna have to be and I'm not saying it works because but the NFL's been doing it for years. Rookies have to go to like have a, a financial seminar. They the basically rookie symposium. Yeah. And they, they talk about all that and they're going to have to do that. And they're going to have to have somebody inside the program, an accountant or whatever to manage that money for them. Because here's the thing. I don't know that I, if there is one alive ever, if there's an 18 year old that needs $8 million in his account and would, and would handle it responsibly. Some of these kids that can get this money that won't pan out in the NFL they could be set for life. Sure. They need to be, they, they need to be schooled and somebody's can, you know, because look, they don't pay for a lot. If they, if they want to move out off campus, I think they got to pay for that, but they get stipends for food, clothing, the best medical care money can provide. And if you don't want to live off campus, you can live in the athletic dorms and they're nice now. Holy shit. They're nice. You know, so you're basically getting taken care of, and on top of that, it'd be like, okay, you have $2 million. We're going to give you an extra 1500 a month. I just think it should be ran kind of like a financial institution. And, like, you can request to have some of your money withdrawn, but yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to manage this. We're going to invest it. Now, that, that, that opens up a whole other Pandora's box yeah, of who's going to regulate like, that, yeah, who's going to watch them. Management and control and, like, who's to say whether – because I'm 18, if I if I'm a legal adult in in everyone else's eyes, in the government's eyes, then like why should you be able to tell me what to do with my money? I I agree with both of those points. Yeah. For their for their sake, there's I, there aren't I can't think of a lot of people at 18 years old that are responsible enough to well, have let me that ask kind of you money. This. But like, that's not not their fault. But like you don't you don't give them less money. You just help them. You got to help them with it. It's got to be approached in a way to where you're trying to like look out for their best interests. But a lot of times, looking out for someone's best interest ends up serving the person. Uh, excuse me, serving the person who's looking out for them rather than the person they're supposed to be looking out for. And well, then uh, that opens another can of worms. Well, but here's the thing: a- athletes are very different. They're very different people. They're not like us, in in the sense that they get a lot of attention. A lot of things are given to them. A lot of things are done for them. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of these kids are very immature. I mean, I grew up around athletes. Some of them are very, very immature. They're very self-absorbed. They're very self-centered. I'm not saying they're not nice people. I'm just saying they're a little different. They're a little spoiled, especially these days. Now, your son is what, 21? Yep. I've met him on a handful of occasions, and he seems like a very intelligent, level-headed person. But do you think if I gave him $15 million in cash tomorrow, he would be responsible with it? No. Exactly. Nope. And he's, I'm not saying, well, in some cases, he probably is a little smarter than the average athlete. Like, you know, he's... he's Well, let's make this fair. If you gave me $15 million, I would not be responsible with it. (laughs) I can promise you that. I think there's a time in my life where I wouldn't have been, but I would now. Um, But that's what I'm saying. You know, that's why it's, it's, that's, and I hate it that it's going to happen, but something... And this has nothing to do with NIL, but just look at what happened to Georgia. You know, they're they're at the top of the mountain right now. They are by all uh, uh, you know by all uh, opinions the the king of college football right now. They're sitting on two national championships. 
people are saying there's probably going to go for a third. Everybody's loving the fact that Reliance Stadium's on Kirby Drive, and they they got everybody coming back, and then they just look like they're going to reload. And they they could get, they do have a shot at it, but it came with a heavy price, and two lives were lost because that's what happens when you when you get fame and money, and like it, it, it changes you. It's, it's lonely up there at the top of the mountain, but it's also kind of fucked up up there. You know, and so now you already have these young kids experiencing all this fame, attention, and success, national championships. Life is good. They're they're young. They're invincible. They're taking risks. Now let's make them all millionaires. Right. Something bad is going to happen, and I mean bad. It's going to be really bad and sad. And then they'll go, oh, okay, well, that <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that. But that, and I, and I hate it. I and I know I'm repeating myself, but I really think that's what's going to have to happen before anybody looks up and goes. Again, the the Jurassic Park thing, like you were so worried about whether you could do it and wanted to do it, you you know you didn't you just rushed it out there. Like I understand, like if if somebody buys a jersey with your name on the back of it, yes, Mark, you should get a few bucks for it. That's your name, name, image, likeness. In, in case for some of you out there that maybe don't know what NIL is or was wondering, it's name, image, likeness. Mark can go sign ten thousand football cards in his dorm room and get fifty cents per card or whatever, you know. And that's great. You should. I've always agreed with, like, yes, these players should get a cut of anything that involves their name, image, or likeness. That's, that, would, that would be fair. But now it's just like they just opened up. They basically just – all these guys, all these alumni that for over the years were, were handing off the envelope, now they just put it above the boards and said, fuck it, pay them. Right. They make deals that, with their companies. Oh, what was that kid in Florida? It was going to be like $13 million, and it felt, the deal fell through. And now Florida sucks. You know, it's just crazy. They're, you're going to start seeing college players get sued for breach of contract pretty soon. But I think if this is the route you're going to go, then don't even let them go to class. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, right now they're professional athletes. They're getting a salary. Sure. And, well, that, that they're not being paid by the university, though. No, you know they're what not. I mean? But that's, so that's why... I think that's like the actual the actual loophole for them there, but it, it's I agree with you. Like most things that seem too good to be true, uh, something bad has to happen for yep it to get fixed. And I, I truly hope that nothing terribly tragic happens. But you'd be, you'd be I, silly I, to think it won't. Yeah, I'm I'm saying it right now. I'm saying, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what way or how or what university, but it's just going to happen. Something dirt's going to come out. Something bad's going to happen. Somebody's going to lose a life or do something really ridiculous, and it's going to suck. But that's just that's the way life is. That's just how it goes. This is the landscape we live in right now. We live in a world where at twelve and four, the Braves suck. There are people alive drawing breath in their lungs that they, they have something. They, they Right now, for Atlanta, I got nothing to complain about. And why should you? We have people that live in the world that go, well, I mean, like I said earlier, well, we, we, need, we need Lamar Jackson in Atlanta. He's, he's, he's the fix. He's the, you know, there's just people out there like that. Like, I don't know where the world got lost. But Jesus, man, especially in sports, I just think they're lost. I think they are lost, man. I think sometimes these guys are just way too full of themselves and, and money and fame. When and I think a lot of the times, too, like a lot of the the people that talk the loudest care the least. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just want to. They just want attention. They just want to talk, and that's that is what it is. But you know, once once everybody sees the uh, 
some of the parts that Fontenot and Arthur Smith have put together in this offseason. And, you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to be good, but I can guarantee you that we have a full roster. I guarantee you with the moves they've made, we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to be five games better than last year. Sure. And how many games did we win last year? Seven? Six? I don't remember. I, I really don't. I I honestly don't know the answer to that. I'm just going to say Birds, 12 wins. But I know that I know that we lost eight games last year by seven or less points. Yeah. So I, I certainly think that we can flip some of those games. And a, and a few of those were our quarterback making a dumb mistake, and a few mm-hmm. of those were us not being able to stop the other team from scoring after we did something good at the end of the game. So yeah. I'm just I, I just like that we have depth. I don't know. There's a lot to be happy for and like I couldn't imagine like hating what we're about to walk into because you wanted Lamar Jackson and you didn't get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I try to uh you know, since we haven't been recording, I've tried to be a little more active and I put some posts on our Facebook page and I put some posts on Twitter and I've read Twitter and responded and interacted with people and just some of the shit I see, I just want to be like, do you even watch sports? Do you even know anything about it? Like, or you just turn it on and it's in the background because some of the shit you're saying is just mind-blowingly stupid. Yeah, it's not. It's not even debatable. Sometimes it's just yeah. it, it, that. That's the tough part of everybody having access. And this, and this is all I'm going to say. I said this before. I'm going to say it to you now. If you're one of those brace, if you haven't turned us off yet because we're pushing your buttons because you're the person we're talking about, Brian Snickers is a very good manager. A very good manager. So who are you to question his lineup? <laughs> Put your fucking resume in. And you know what? I, I'm, we're going to have it on this show. And it's going to be a button. And it's going to be Rick Grimes. You know how uh, on the Atlanta Sports Radio, it was always Rocky's wife, you know, going, you can't win. We're going to have one where anytime we bring this up, where we find some dumbass on Twitter who makes ridiculous comments about how – what he thinks is how it should be or, or, you know, questioning what Brian Snicker does. You remember when they all uh, had to leave and go, go off into the woods, Herschel lost the farm and they're standing there and there's these stone walls and they're all kind of wondering like, is Rick really the guy that we should be around with? And he has that speech and he's like, go ahead, see how far you get. That's my message to you, Atlanta fans who think, you know, so fucking much about how how these franchises should be run. Put your resume in and see how far you get. You're not going to get very far at all. Nope. And, and and I just wonder how much of the game you even watch some of the shit you say. It is it's just crazy. Like it's almost like like you said, uh Brian Snicker could shit a golden egg and and somebody in Atlanta would go, "It's not gold enough." It's just crazy how you can't just get on board cuz again, some of these fans are like the shitty kids on your T-ball team. Because when Matt Olson has a bad game, they don't smack him in the back of the head on the team plane and bully him. They pick him up. The Hawks do it. The Falcons do it. They lift each other up. Hey, man, that was a tough pick out there, Desmond. You'll get him next time. Forget about it. Fighter's mentality. Let's move on. You good, brother? Okay, see you back out there. Let's go get him. That's what you do. And some of you Atlanta fans, I mean, even after Kyle Wright was coming off an injury, his first start of the year, didn't get much time in spring training, looked good for two or three innings, and then got rocked. Oh, he's over now. He's terrible. 
Oh flash in the my pan. god! Yep. It's too oh my much. god! So yeah, that's gonna be my cue. Anytime somebody we see some dummy on in, and I don't even. Pre- everybody has their opinion, and I know. I guess you know we offer up ours a lot on here, but I I read and watch and listen to announcers, and I make. Sometimes I make outlandish statements, but we all do. But I'm just sure. saying more more often than not. I'm taking an educational approach and a, and a great approach to some of the things like, you know, everybody want to talk about Lamar Jackson. You guys were just bitching about the albatross of a contract Matt Ryan had, and you want to give out another one to a guy that's not the answer to our problem, man. No, 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 no. It's really, it's, it, it's just difficult. And and if you don't, if, if you think Lamar Jackson was just going to instantly catapult us into the Super Bowl, you don't know anything about football. And it's not all about what you want. It's does it fit? If I own the if I own the Hawks in the 90s, I'd have been like, fucking A, can we get Michael Jordan from the Bulls? Probably not. It's not going to work out here. No. Okay. You know, there's plenty of players I want, but does it work out for the team? Does it fit into our plan as a team? Notice I'm saying the word team because there's more than one person on it. Yep. And it takes more than one person to build a championship caliber program. You know what's funny, though, specifically about the Lamar Jackson thing is that all these people we just went and got that we couldn't have afforded, if I said that right, we couldn't afford them if we had Lamar Jackson now have now have our team where it needs to be to where Lamar Jackson might be that that piece that we need. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we couldn't like him instead of all these people that we just got would have been to our detriment. So I just don't understand where I, I get it, man. It's a it's a shiny thing that that people would like, but like it can't be the end all be all, man. It can't be Mm-mm. that way or the highway. But that's how everything goes now. It's it's, it's Either I get what I want, or I'm going to be mad. Hey, I'm look stay at mad. look at look how it's worked out over over for the Braves with Anthopolis and, and all those guys running the show. Everybody got mad when Freddie left town. hadn't hadn't skipped a beat. But I'm, I'm just saying. Everybody like, got mad when Dansby left town. Arcia, we said it earlier, was looking great till he got the micro fracture. Sure, and just just let him let him work. Yeah, let him work. See what we got. Make a decision after that. Like I, this, all this, and and what what I really and. These people probably don't even listen to our show. Um, but the people that hear, overhear a conversation that other people are having about sports, please don't just take something you hear in passing and and, and spread it. Because I feel yeah. like that happens a lot. You hear somebody talk shit about about the Hawks, and then, I, I mean, it, I, in, in the bar it happens all the time. I hear somebody say, oh, the Hawks lose again. Like what are you what are you talking about? Like why would you even say that? Do you even watch basketball? No. Yeah. Oh, you just wanted to say something dumb. Exactly. Cool. Thank you so much for that. Exactly. But uh, looking over at our roadcaster, boy, it was a fun one. Yep. We are uh, well uh, over uh, an hour and a half. Well, not well over, but we're about an hour and a half in, and it's good to be back. Uh, it's just we had a lot to say, and uh, you know, we just wanted to get one out there and, and just say to everybody, please keep listening. If you like it, share it. I've got some folks at work that are pretty excited at my new job. They found out I did a podcast, and they're excited. And there's a lot of people that are excited. And then I think, you know what, I'm going to end it on this. i got to find out what Jamie Sellers does for a living. 
Because every time I see that guy on the internet, he's in a different stadium doing something cool. Yep. <laughs> he's only got one more baseball stadium left. My yeah, man, Jake. So, I don't know. He, I, I need to get hired where he works and, and make the money he makes because that cat is just globetrotting, doing cool shit. And, and he always listens to the show, so that's another I, huge positive. And I'm jealous. So with that, Atlanta, we are back. I, I, and I, I, I hope we can get back on the wagon where we're cranking them out. But, you know, adulting's hard. Launching a podcast is hard. But we love you. We need you. And I promise you, I know we're hard on you. But that's because we just expect the best out of our fan base. We want to we be the best fan base there is. And some of you have got to grow up a little and under, get a better understanding of the game before we can move forward, I think, because it is a problem. It's a big problem. I hear a lot, of pe- a lot more people talking about it than I used to. But with that, we will be back. We got a new studio, new everything. New, new, the Braves are rolling. The Falcons are making moves. The Hawks are in the playoffs, but we're not sure how that's going to work out. But anyway, Landon, we love you. We need you. Come back because we'll be coming back. We are not quitting until we are the king of, of, of Atlanta sports talk. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to need your help. But we love you, Atlanta. Good night. Do you believe? 